Welcome, Sega fans, and get ready to jump in for some more unscripted, unrehearsed antics. It's us, the Sagan Guys, the podcast that Sat and Dave on the Shiro called us a little bit all over the place. <laughs> I'm Dan, the Mega Driver, and I'm joined as ever by the Daytona Hewitt Hornet to my Ferrari F15. It's James the Sagonic. How you doing, mate? Rolling stars. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm very good, mate. How's yourself? Yeah, it's, uh, I'm all right, mate. I'm glad to be behind the mic again. It's been a while. Uh, work's been a bit crap. Uh, stuff in general's just been a bit crap. I think it's uh, this is the first time we're recording one immediately after a podcast going out, which is the Tom and Al episode, which will be going out <laughs> next episode. It's been a while since we've been able to, to say that, hasn't it? I usually we kind of make jokes that, you know, this one's going out in four weeks' time, and this one's going out in six <laughs> weeks' time, but... No, this is the, the exact next one that'll be that's going out fresh, fresh off the press, as they say. So, I just get—I think for the first time in a long time, I think a lot of kind of things have come together, working kind of personal life-wise, and I've kind of caught up with us. So, that's why we've got the the buffer there. That's the whole point of it is to to build up and give us that kind of bit of play. So, I. Uh, we hope everybody's enjoyed the, the Tom Kalinske and Alan uh, Alan Wilson interview that's kind of out just now. It's going down great guns, uh, so hopefully you've enjoyed that. But I were we're here to talk about a console that you often see asked, "Is it retro?" <laughs> I think it's retro. I think that's a whole, whole, a whole discussion. But for me personally, I go by the rule, and I've said it loads of times, and I probably I sound like a broken record on Twitter. For me, if it's got a start button, it's retro. And why, <laughs> I say, why I say that is because retro is, you know, trends that are no longer current. They're in the recent past. So there is no console manufactured in the last 11 years now. I think the Wii U was the very last one that has a start button. PS4 didn't have one. Xbox One didn't have one. Uh, Switch doesn't have one. So anything without a start button, it's over 10 years old. You know, no one's... No, when was the last time we played a game that said press the start button, press plus, press the free lines, or press press the menu button? So I, I, I say it's I say it's retro, <laughs> by, that, by that estimation. That's depressing, actually, never yet you, you say that. <laughs> that. That's like a staple of growing up, press start button, isn't it? That's, I know, that's... it's gone. It's gone. When was the last time God. that you played a new game that said that? It doesn't exist anymore. Sad, it is. It's 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 gone the way that pixel eight bit graphics went in. You know, nineteen ninety nine. I mean, I, I don't really have much to come back at that. I mean, my, my argument was kind of ready. You know, I was. You know, all I've got to combat with is that the fact it's got an online kind of presence still. It's still supported officially, albeit not with new content going on it, but. You know, you can still go on and access all your old content. So I'm thinking the fact the servers are still up, that's about as much as I've got to try and combat <laughs> that. It's not retro. I think me saying it's not retro is just trying to deny the fact it's that long ago. <laughs> like, the Xbox 360 is older than my marriage. Yeah, it's, it's older than my, um, I don't know, it's, yes, yeah, two years older than my oldest child, my son. <laughs> it's bad, and he's, and he's He's doing his GCSEs at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> Two two thousand five, wasn't it? So, I, I mean, December. It's, right? it's insane that it still has 
you know the online capabilities it's still connected to xbox live i, I was literally just playing mine and last update was you know 2021 which is still <laughs> really recent when you think about it um whole infrastructure still there so it's still going but um I think that's probably something that we it really should be the norm that consoles are supported, you know, afterlife. You know, their stores are still available. Sony tried to shut down the PS3 store and you know, thankfully there's enough of an outcry that they kept that open. Nintendo don't give a fly in it fuck about <laughs> so they just closed theirs. I do what they want. They're awful, you know. <laughs> and I'm not saying that because we're the Sega guys. We're a Sega guys podcast. I mean, I was playing my Super NES a little bit earlier, playing Mario World, and I love that game. But as a company, do you do you that see that um, that modder that got two years or t- twenty two months in jail? What? Um, do you do you think that's bad? He has to pay back. He has to pay damages of fourteen million dollars to Nintendo. What modder is take, this? Uh, I can't remember. He was a Switch and 3DS modder. He's got to pay back damages thirty percent of his salary for the rest of his life, basically, or until until he's paid off fourteen million. And that's that's for, the, that's what they sued him for, for modding consoles. Yeah, for selling mod kits. So it's a little bit of a grey area, you know. Getting ROMs is one thing, but if you're selling if you're selling stuff to hack modern hardware, right? Can kind of, that's a bit more bit more dubious. Uh, Aye, it's still but... still very very harsh. Fourteen million bucks. <laughs> so yeah, they don't care. They don't care. You shite yourself, wouldn't you? Oh, I know. <laughs> it's finished. You know what? What are you going to do? He's so far, he says he's paid back one hundred and seventy-five dollars. <laughs> <laughs> Bloody hell! Oh. Nintendo are ruthless. They always have been, though. I know, but you can't play half of their games these days without going through emulation. You know, it's it's ridiculous. I mean, my my SNES uh, has got a EverDrive cart in full of, full of ROMs. Um, but yeah, I've got I've got a bunch of SNES carts, but unless you've got the original hardware, like the Wii U store closed, the Wii store's closed, the 3DS shop is gone. You can't download all this stuff again. It's 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 absolute madness. See, just well, it's fresh in my mind though. Talking of Nintendo, right? I watched the Tetris movie. Oh yeah, <laughs> right. And I went to a site because I just wanted to know how historically accurate it was, right? So there was a site I found that compared all the key scenes, right? And you'll get my point when I get to it. And it's going, did this bit happen? Yes, it did. Yes, it did. This is all true. And it got to the end, right? <clears throat> and it says, did the car chase through the streets? Whatever, it might be Moscow. I don't know where that is that they went to in Russia. I can't remember. But, you know, did the car chase happen? And was there KGB agents trying to stop Hank and the the Russian boy, that I can't even pronounce his name, that, that made the game, right? Like chasing them and trying to stop them, and it went, No, this is all false. <laughs> but, but the car scene, the car chase, right? Where they're getting chased by these KGB, do you know who's in the back seat? Um, the guy playing Howard Lincoln, <laughs> right? Now, given what we've been told by Tom and Al about <laughs> the kind of stories they coming together, that they had like game shows and E3s and stuff like that, it's like. <laughs> There's no way Howard Lincoln would be in the back of your car getting chased by KGB agents to get on a flight to get out of Russia with the, the signed contract to get the rights to publish Tetris. <laughs> so that was a bit that was total fabrication and I just thought the bit with Howard Lincoln getting chased by KGB agents was just 
hilarious. Uh, if it was Tom, I would have believed it. I don't know if you've if you've heard his his uh, micro machines story. Uh, Aye. <laughs> he Aye. went into I'm, the warehouse. That's right. He told us the first time we had him on. <laughs> He, he got in and he, he, he said, was it a Matchbox or Hot Wheels? That's and the it, guy, match, yeah, something like that, yeah. Taxi driver took him there, ah, yes, I know we were going, drops him off, and it's like, no, this is a, like, <laughs> a, a dodgy warehouse that's making counterfeits, <laughs> the guy that's running the company's there, like, go, get me out of here. No, I can believe that. <laughs> Howard Lincoln in the back of your car with the guy that created Tetris, being chased by KGB agents, not so much. Yeah, well, Howard Lincoln, you know, became affiliated with Nintendo for uh, <laughs> for suing people. He was he was a lawyer originally, wasn't he? And he uh, he he got affiliated with them through Donkey Kong lawsuits. So <laughs> Nintendo has got litigiousness running through its veins. Pretty much, mate. Pretty much. I mean, but, yeah. Sega don't seem to care. No, <laughs> so far, so far. But yeah, um, where were we? <laughs> Yeah, Xbox 360 keeping its keeping its online store open is a pretty phenomenal online store and online online function. So, yeah, I think that's you know that's a good counter argument to say it's not retro. But uh, I think things like Unreal Three as well looks you know very dated these days. It's not quite it's not quite you know playing a master system in 1999, um, but you've got uh, a clear change in. Not, it doesn't even it, the visual fidelity is one thing, but visual style games just look Aye. different stylistically these days as well. I think. Aye, I think the thing with Gears of War, if you put the first one on on the three sixty, now it's very grey. Yeah, you know, which obviously the kind of the palette suits the kind of the atmosphere of the game, but you know, I think, <clears throat> excuse me, the the thing about that era as well, it's notorious for the piss filter. <laughs> <laughs> you know, all the games seem to have this kind of yellow or brown hue to them. Like I remember, like was it Need for Speeds? Oh, was it Most Wanted? The one that came out at launch was it Undercover. Uh, I think it was the... Most Wanted. Most Wanted. Aye, because that 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 still goes for a, a pretty penny. That one actually. For, uh, I'm sure in CEX it's like forty odd quid. Jesus, uh, and it's a launch game, but. That that was notorious for having that kind of hue, that browny yellow kind of the the. I think it was John Lineman called it the piss filter. I'm not sure. If, I'm, I'm sure he referred to it as that. Um, it was on Digital Foundry Retro. I'm sure it was, but I the the Unreal Engine three at the time was mind blowing. Like oh, the first God. time you've seen like Mad World and all that kind of stuff. We spoke to Peter Moon about it that it was jaw dropping, but I it's compared to the fidelity and the level of detail you've got now, it's Night and yeah. day. Yeah, I remember I remember seeing those Gears of War promos and just thinking that's it. But there. Aye. Graphics can't get any better. How many times over the decades have we <laughs> probably said that though? <laughs> you know, I think I, I do think we're kinda of hitting a, a certain plateau now because yeah. like, the, the, the the gap is definitely generation to generation. It's it's narrowing now. It's more about performance and stability, I think now. Yeah, yeah. I I, I'm try, I can't remember the last game that really blew me away. Um, there's games that look really nice in 4K, but that's just a bump in resolution more than anything else. Mm. Um, so yeah, but, but yeah, I think Xbox 360 had that distinctive style. That um, I think the thing about the 360 is it's a console that I think everyone still loves. Um, I think uh, who was it who writes for Windows Central? Um, was it his Jez? name? 
Yeah. Um, wrote a pretty scathing article about the about the Xbox about the Xbox the other day. Um, Xbox in general because of this whole Redfall debacle, and said that uh, Xbox is still riding off the fumes of the Xbox 360 Euro, which I, think I guess that's, it is really that's fair. Um, and I would go even further than that and say it's riding off the fumes of the first three years. Yeah, because when Peter Moore left and Don Magic took over, the console took on a whole different identity. It went more casual. They also had the Connect. You know, they, they went tried to kind of go down the more Nintendo route. You know, yeah. they kind of you know after this they, they see the success of of the Wii and thought we need to try and copy that. But I I think they're definitely and I I miss that kind of more edgier that kind of edgier Xbox. I do miss that. You know, yeah. where like they would go and get like exclusivity deals away, or even like make sure they got like maybe like a timed exclusive, like you see me Grand Theft Auto Four. Yeah. Um, you know, it was an exclusive. Aye, but they, aye, they got the exclusive DLC, but they got it day and date, so they were yeah. they were getting it on another platform other than PlayStation at the same time, which at that time was massive. But I think all I think Phil Spencer cares about now is reaching as many people as possible, which I suppose is a good thing in that you're trying to bring gaming to as many people as possible. The whole mantra about playing the games you want on the device you want, whatever you want to play them. It's mobile is a big thing. These these things are stupid powerful now. Yeah. You know, your phones and things like that, your tablets. But I, I, I do miss the kind of the drive and the kind of aggression of, of the, the early Xbox years. Yeah. And you know, Peter Moore Really brought the fight to Sony, and I think one of my notes has got on got on here is you, you, the the Xbox 360 for me is my second favorite console of all time, just right. behind the Saturn and ahead of numerous other Sega consoles, including the Mega Drive and uh, Master System, Sega Dreamcast. And I think that's because they were hungry; they were fighting a, a dominant Sony. You know, yeah. the Dreamcast came out fighting. Um, when that was released in the US and that was fighting against a, a PlayStation that dominated its generation. The PlayStation 2 was coming. And yeah, but the Sega, you know, the Dreamcast is so fondly remembered. But Sega didn't have the the, the financial clout to carry on the fight. And obviously the Dreamcast itself was off the shelf right. parts and stuff. Whereas the Xbox 360 had the weight of Microsoft behind it. Right. So that was, <laughs> it came out like a year earlier than the PS3. And was, you know, still outperforming it in terms of game game visuals and, and frame rate. Aye. It's uh, <laughs> that that aggression you talk about, that's that's true. It's like people were a bit miffed, I think, that they killed off the OG Xbox mm. and there was a feeling that I get kind of kicked to the side quite quickly. Yeah. But the way they came out with the 360 bit was just they came out all guns blazing, they got everything right, the market and the whole the focus on the HD either, you know. How many HD ready 720p TVs were sold off the back of that? You know, yeah, I've, I've still got my original one. <laughs> you know, it's it's just crazy. They they they, they brought in, they ushered in, you know, that whole HD era. Um, you know, I remember was it um Kaz Harai went on stage obviously because they were, you know, the next generation doesn't start until we say it does. And it's like then Peter Murray goes on stage the next day and it's like, you know, we're delivering the next generation of gaming right here, right now. And it's like <laughs> they were just, they were just batting at each other, you know, but I the, the 360 just had I think for, for us as well, 
like I was what twenty six when the three sixty came out, so you would have been far behind. You'd have been kind of early mid twenties. You're what three four years with you. You're almost in your yeah. Four. I would have been yeah so 20, 20, 20, 22, 23. Aye, so we were in that very much bang in the middle of that core demographic. You know, they were who they were targeting. We were literally their target audience at that time. So everything they were doing just resonated was, you know, the, the types of games, the way the hardware was, it was bleeding edge. You were hitting a demographic who had plenty of, you know, expendable income at that time that could, <laughs> those days were good. <laughs> um, but we will, and that I think that's why as well. It's like, you know, if, if, you grew up like obviously as a child on the Mega Drive, but I think the 360 is very much the Mega Drive over 20s kind of thing, if that makes sense. It's just uh, everything about it just seemed to be targeted, laser focused at us yeah. at that time. And I, it's, it's, it's in my top three. I just had so many. Like, I just remember the Monday Night Club as well. Like, if Mike Bingo, my good, I, I still know like two or three people from that Monday night club that I still speak to like on Messenger like regularly from a way back then. Um, whenever I got my 360, I joined the official Xbox Magazine UK forums and there was a thread for like meeting people and exchanging gamer tags and there was eight of us and we agreed every Monday at eight o'clock and we'd play from 8pm to one o'clock in the morning and it was primarily, it was like, you know, like the start PGR3 Moved on to gears like canals. We used to that. I was just I love that at that stage. It was yeah. a race to the bridge to get that sniper rifle. See whoever got that dominated. <laughs> but I it was just like Mike Bingo, Paulinho T, Rob two eight nine, Trail Monster, Robosaurus, Gareth, um, obviously myself and I don't know if I mentioned Mike Bingo at the start, but I still talk to Mike like most days. Um, kind of good friends I've made through that that I still talk to and. Uh, Aye, mad tangent, right? <laughs> I've told this story before. Like our, our PGR three races were always kind of like just mad, right? It was like we're always banging into each other. Yeah. Usual kind of online guys. <laughs> Aye, but we had one race, and I can't remember what track it was. I think it was was it the Vegas track? One of the Vegas tracks, because I remember seeing the or the, the kind of the way the lights were. So it was a, a kind of a daytime Vegas track. And it was quite tense. We were all bunched together. And this silence fell. And we're all kind of playing away. <laughs> this is pure childish, right? But Gareth's wee name thing popped up because the microphone picked him up. And I'm sorry how childish this is, right? But all you heard was... <laughs> so, so me, after about three seconds of silence, because nobody's questioning this, I goes, does somebody just fart there? Right? <laughs> And then just convulsions, and there's cars <laughs> left and right. People just absolutely buckling. I, I, again, I'm sorry, it sounds so childish to laugh at something like that, but it was just the way it totally broke the tension of this really. You could feel that everybody was focused. It was a really close race. Aye. So just wee daft memories like that, just as I say, like PGR3, the gear stuff, the Monday Night Club, that's all just ingrained in there. And those memories along with the system as a whole and everything, as I said, that was laser focused on us as a demographic. It's just, it's, it's top tier for me. Yeah, it absolutely is. I mean, I've got my notes that I consider it, you know, if the original Xbox is the Dreamcast 2. This is definitely the Dreamcast 3. And I think it's got a lot more in common with the Dreamcast. You know, you've got the, obviously the base console was white with very similarly colored 
buttons. Um, <laughs> it was innovative in a lot of ways, especially with its online focus. Yep. Um, it was the controller again. We've talked about before about how similar the Xbox controllers are to Dreamcast ones. And it was, as I said, it was battling a dominant Sony coming out of a very successful PS2 era. Dreamcast obviously fighting against Sony in a PS1 era. And what's really quite quite interesting to me is, you know, what did the what did the PlayStation 2 have that Dreamcast didn't? Blu-ray. Oh, DVD. Well, what did the PS3 have that the Xbox 3 really didn't? Blu-ray. So it was it was it it was weird like that. And it's like you're saying, those first three years it had really strong first party content. Yeah. Um, a lot of games with Dreamcast DNA in the Project Gotham series is is MSR. Yeah. Um, there were games on there like uh, a couple of mine that I'm going to talk about, like Fantasy Star on Universe and stuff. It had the online arcade games like Res. It had classic Sega titles on there. Sonic Two came on there quite early on. Golden Axe. So for me, it was as close to a modern Sega console post Dreamcast that I think that we've had. Obviously, there's nothing that's come close since. I I, I like that. I've never even kind of clocked on to that. The fact that I the Sony console that Dreamcast battled had an optical drive above you know the, <laughs> the standard at the time, and then obviously again the whole Blu-ray. And again, like, like what Peter Moore was saying to us as well, that they knew they weren't going to beat Blu-ray. Yeah, but they just brought out HD DVD drive just to delay it, just just to mess with them basically. You know, but. I like that HD DVD drive, I have to say. I seen one today actually. I was in CX. I met Sam. I was in the office today. And the first time I've seen Sam in a long time. And uh took a pop in and literally they were rearranging the shells at the retro bit. And this the guy just slid an HD DVD drive around 18 quid, mate. 18. Do you know what you should grab should have grabbed? I might grab one of them because they're gonna be worth a bundle in a few years, guarantee it. Aye, that's something else that'll probably, you know. The, the actually the 360 section they've rearranged the store because we were like at the 360 section is getting really small in here but they've kind of moved it round this it's now like your know, modern consoles are all on the kind of main wall but they've now expanded the 360 section up and it's all like two pound two fifty one pound three pound four yeah. pounds like dirt cheap you know it's like you could really easily build up a decent 360 collection for yeah. not a lot of money <laughs> you know i'm like mm, don't do it <laughs> no, no, I'm, I'm out of space, so I'm not. I'm, I'm not going down that road. <laughs> but um, yeah, the, 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 it's really strong. In, I went into CX in Milton Keynes, and the 360 section is tiny now. So is the PS3. It's mostly one pound DVDs in there. I've got to admit, like 60, 70 <sighs> percent of the shelf space is is about one pound DVDs. So why why are you even selling them? No one's buying them. It's just stock building up. See, see, whenever you're in the queue, but. And you're behind somebody who brings in a hold all full of DVDs, man. It's like one at a time, check your key, check your disc, and then the plastic <laughs> sleeve, you're like, I'm going to put somebody else in another till, please. It's like just keeps bringing it and they, they bring it like a buffy box set. You're there for four hours. Yeah. <laughs> Mind you, I had to buy two DVDs from there recently. I ended up going on a right tangent now. We've got this 100 must see films, and a lot of them are stuff that we've seen before, but it's always. Watch do we we find a random film? We have like this duck race, it chooses the film for us. Choose the film, watch it, scratch it off, like on this big poster. And uh we got we did one, it was uh seven. So we went went on Amazon, not on there, went on Disney Plus, not on there, went on Sky, not on there. <laughs> like this, you wanted to buy it. So I was like, fine, we'll 
run the thing again, get another random film. Good, the bad, and the ugly. Love the good and badly ugly. Right. Go on, Sky. It's not there. <laughs> Go on, Disney. It's not there. Go on, Netflix. It's not on there. Go on. And I was just like, Jesus. So I ended up picking picking both of them up for £1.50 each. But So, yeah, I still buy the odd DVD. But... See, see what you were saying there about going on to different services, trying to find a film? Right? <laughs> this, is, this is a hell of a tangent, right? A tangent on a tangent. But the, the night before our wee girl was born, right? Before, obviously... Um, my wife and I got a, a elective section um, so we, it was all kind of really planned we knew when she was going in and all that kind of stuff but the night before we went in um, we, we, we watched Collateral Damage right that was the movie that was on Sky so we just watched it right so it's became this kind of thing that like every year on the anniversary we've watched Collateral Damage right? so we tried to find it this year and it was the exact same Sky searching C-O-L no, not collateral with Tom Cruise. No, yeah. <laughs> on Amazon, on Netflix. I think the only place that had it was Amazon to rent it. And I'm like, ah, well, it's like a pure old army film. And it's like, yeah, I know. Like, collateral damage. I'll give you fucking collateral damage. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> smashes the office up. Yeah. Bye. So there you go. That was a tangent on a tangent, mate. Yeah, I know. But um, Xbox 360, though, mate. So you're, <laughs> top, top three for you. Top two for, for me easily. I think I think a lot of people would feel the same. Um, and yeah, for me, it is the, the Sega console that it never was. And I think I think Peter Moore's DNA, his, his fingerprints are all over it on that one. Absolutely, aye, hundred percent. You know, it, it kind of embodied him in a way. You know, that kind of swagger or that confidence. I think it just everything about it. Kind of, they'll all be back. G. Allard and Peter Moore, kind of three. That that. that they're they're kind of well. Obviously, there's a team behind them, designers and engineers and all these guys. But just the whole the, the console just kind of exuded their personalities. I felt just it had everything, everything about it. Just kind of was was bold, exciting, cutting edge, right? Top tier, mate. Top tier indeed. And there were actually some top tier Sega games on here, which um you there know we picked, we picked five each. But uh, just generally, I I absolutely loved Sega's output this generation because they seem to have a bit a bit of everything. Bit of it's almost Aye. every genre they had they had a banging game on. Um, even tried to bring back a few classic franchises. You know, a lot of them, some of them were hits, some of them were misses. I think we had probably had more misses than hits. But stuff, <laughs> stuff like stuff like Sega Rally, I was playing that recently, and that's um, you know, it's not it's not Sega Rally as we know it, but you know, it's a game that's pretty worthy to carry the brand name. I think you know, it, it was. Had a Xbox Arcade release of Sega Rally 3, didn't it? Aye. And then there was the because you've got retail game. Aye, you've got Sega Rally, it was called just Sega Rally here, but I think in America it was Sega Rally Revo, they called it. It was, yeah. Um, but it has some of Sega Rally 3, but the kind of key difference between that and Sega Rally Online Arcade, which as you rightly said, is a kind of port of, of Arcade Sega Rally 3, is that in Arcade Sega Rally 3, the camera is more like Ridge Racer. It's it's fixed to yeah. the way it moves, it's like the way Ridge Racer moves, but in Revo or just Sega Rally as it's called over here, it's it's more it tries to be more like the classic camera, yeah. but it's so sensitive, like it, the car just fishtails like really badly. I didn't buy online arcade when it was on Xbox Live Arcade, unfortunately. And I didn't get outrun online arcade either. I only got the trials. So whenever I got my 360 back online the trials were still in my download history. So I could still give them a wee shot, but I was sitting going, 
why did I not buy these? It's I like, know. There's a couple of games that I've picked up for XB early that are still on there that are brilliant. I've got like Fighting Vipers is on there. Um, that's obviously carried over VF2. What else did I get? Not Sega related. I'm not sure if you can still get it, but the was it the Turtles arcade game as well. Yeah. That was one I got. Um, Mortal Kombat collection, the Combat collection as well. I haven't got that. That I'm not sure if that's still available for sale, but that's great. Load it up and it's got the cabinet. And you pick your game. And yeah, the cabinets. <laughs> you can actually spin the cabinet around and all that's brilliant. So I there's some classics on there. XBLA was brilliant, and it's a shame that. We've never had anything. I know we've got a lot of indie games that come over now, but it would be nice. That that whole XBLA was great because every game had a trial. Yeah. You know what I mean? So you could always try it and you picked it up. There's only a few quid for a the game. They were never expensive. What was the other one? Street Fighter 2. Was it a Hyper Edition? But it was... The retro think, one. Aye. But I think a version of that came out in the Switch. Yeah. They're, they're separate games. So there was HD Remix. That's it. HD remix, and that's to me that's it feels off. I think I, I think it was Digital Eclipse who did it, and uh, the gameplay felt off to me. Whereas, because they basically took they basically redid everything, they redrew the sprites, um, you know, full full 1080p, it's proper HD, Aye. um, and reworked some of the mechanics, some of the moves are different. So, um E Honda's Ochio Throw, for example, is half a circle in HD Remix, whereas it's a full 360 motion in uh, right. in um, Super Street Fighter 2 Turbo. But then Ultra Street Fighter 2, the final challenges on the Switch, is basically just Super Street Fighter 2 Turbo, but with the HD Remix assets plastered over the top of it. Right. So play is exactly the same as Street Fighter 2 did back in the day. So it's kind of the best of both worlds. Right, yeah, it's a, it's a great right. version. But it's you know not ideal on a Switch controller. Yeah, well, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I had that. I had the Street Fighter Two Hyper Fighting release when that came out. That was Capcom testing the waters for Street Fighter Four. Mm-hmm. Um, I bought that straight. I bought the bought that re-release straight away. Got creamed online, but of course, when Street Fighter Four came out, that was that was my jam. I I played about three thousand matches in that over the course of a year or so. <laughs> What the hell? Yeah, <laughs> the one of my that is one of my favorite games of all time. I think it's the best fighting game ever made. But like you were saying, mate, the the, the games that I regret not getting after Burner Burn Climax burns the oh, most. Oh man, I can't believe I missed that one. I think I just met I just met my uh, my now wife at the time, so my I, the Xbox was getting a bit of a backseat. I think I wasn't playing it as much, and I kind of missed it. And by the time I went to buy it, they'd already delisted it. Well, I'm still convinced that my wife, when she was my then not long girlfriend, is responsible for my first RROD. Oh, really? <laughs> I'm convinced it, mate. Oh, here's another tangent. We're following them the day now, we're back behind the mic, isn't it? <laughs> so, yeah. in, in my room, and I say to my mum, basically, um, in my corner, like I had my, my telly in the corner, and I had two big black shelf units that came out, so it was like an entertainment centre. Yeah. And I had the 360. I loved it standing up, right? So I had it standing up, and uh, we basically, I think we were, we had a sofa bed, we never put the sofa bed down, we just kind of set up a kind of like me bed in the floor kind of thing, watching a film and stuff. <laughs> She's got up and knocked the shelf in the 360, went, oh. <laughs> went down with an almighty scud. But at that point, I was playing Burnout Revenge religiously. 
like this was never off. Like I just had like <laughs> junky XLs today for every track that I race. I'm just sitting playing that non-stop, and I think not long after turning it off and then it falling over. I think I also maybe some warm solder joins or something or some wee points in that that processor that they spoke about in the documentary, and I think something just crunched because um, not even two days later. The, the first RROD. <laughs> so there you go, mate. See, see, that's another thing that I actually had, you know, Xbox 360 is the Dreamcast 3. We had white console, colored buttons, online focus, similar controller, optical drive, competition with Sony, and it's janky as fun. Yes, I, I, I mean, there's, there's no, the thing is, and it's testament to how, I'm trying not to kind of sugarcoat it, but it's testament to how good the 360 is, or was, whatever you want to talk, however you want to put it, that despite the RROD, it's still so fondly remembered. Yeah. But, oh, it's, I mean, Dreamcast, you know, we spoke to Tom, he, <laughs> Dreamcast Junkyard, and his hilarious stories, and we've heard from him personally about some of the stuff in terms of jank when it comes to Dreamcast, but I. 360 is right up there, mate, from trays, trays not opening whenever in certain orientations. It's like, standing up, eject. Oops. No, no happening. Oh, just lie it down. Out it comes, you're like... Doesn't, doesn't it scratch discs? There was something about scratching discs when it's upright as well. About there's I, something going wrong with a drive. See, I'm still... I even still today look at the 360 running discs standing up and wonder how the hell it does it because there's nothing like obviously whenever it goes in the the, the spindle gets captured by the, the kind of the drive head and then it but all you're doing is sitting a disc in a wee lip inside a drive. It's like yeah. and then you think it was a 12 speed drive that was in the, the 360. Yeah. I mean <laughs> it's like I mean people going about, you know how loud certain consoles were, but man, the 360 was loud. I mean, the only console I've heard louder is the PS3. I mean, that was the jet yes. engine generation, wasn't it? I mean, I, I didn't have to use uh, heaters upstairs whenever I had a PS3 at launch, mate, because you played Motorstorm for an hour and that thing was literally heating the house. It was like, on <laughs> this at the back. It was mad. Um, yeah. I, so. Oh, Jackie. brilliant stuff, mate. Yeah. <laughs> But I think we'll start talking about these these five games now. I think it's nice to just talk about a handful of games that were that were special to us. And I, this is not my top five. I don't know about you. I didn't choose my top five favourite games, as will be extremely evident by my first choice. Aye, <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're not they're not by any means kind of any top. I think it's just ones that kind of ones that we've enjoyed and and ones that have kind of came to mind. I think are, are most. They're not favourites. In terms of like, if you were, if it was different, we were going for our, our five favourite Sega games on 360. A bit different, but we've just went for some uh, some personal highlights more than anything else. Yeah, absolutely. I'm going to kick it off, mate, because I think this is the one to start with. So <laughs> I saw the trailers for this game, and I thought it looked the most amazing thing I'd ever seen. And it was on this game, on this basis alone, that I actually picked up an Xbox 360. I've told the story before about how I went into the game store, I picked up an Xbox 360 basically on my lunch break, and I had to go to a Tottenham Hotspur versus Charlton at White Hart Lane that day with the whole thing in my boot um, and ended up coming home. Thankfully, no one broke into the car with this brand new console we're sitting in the back. But <laughs> but um, came home and played FIFA to the morning. But the, getting the 360 was one thing. I had uh, Rockstar Table Tennis. I had FIFA 07. 
I had three Pro 7, and I had Project Gotham Racing 3, and they were, they were the entrees. The real deal was this game that I had the, the seen the trailer for. I've still got the original trailer in the cloud stored from my Nokia N95 that I downloaded. And that game is Sonic the Hedgehog 06. I saw that trailer, and I was in love with it instantly. Uh, I even went that year, 2006, after E3, and I won this Sonic from the uh, Sonic X character plush from a, a grabber machine. I loved it. And he still like, you know, I think this is probably what he's going to move like, like moving around and stuff. <laughs> and I picked up that game. And do you know, what? I, at the time, I thought it was all right. I could tell that it was, you know, there was things wrong with it. Because um, I actually went into game. I went into game. I, I, I worked in Barnet. North London at the time and my office was just around the block from this shopping area that had a game store in there and I pre-ordered it from the game and I would go in there two days before have you got it in no it's not the street day yet. I know you've got them in there haven't you day before you know it's the day before can you give it to me this is how eager I was to get it. and yeah I got it home and um, I knew things were wrong so the bus battle with silver for example you know is so broken um the whole Silver's whole gameplay element is broken. I spent 17 minutes trying to clear one level, which was just basically pushing, using your telekinesis to push balls into pockets. Um, but I played it through to the end and I kind of enjoyed it, even though I knew it was really janky. And my view on this game is when it works, it's fantastic. The problem is it only works about 10% of the time. <laughs> um, and I played through it twice. I played it through it in, but I got it on release, and I played it through it about a year or two later. Uh, I was playing through it tonight, and I'm going to revise that statement. I'm going to say, when it works, it's okay, but it only works about 1% of the time. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Quite a revision, mate. Yeah. Um, it has not aged well at all, and this is a game that was not good when it released. Um, I think playing games like like Sonic Frontiers. Uh, I've been playing Sonic Unleashed on the PS3, and that's still a really good game that says really well. Um, other games in the East that, you know, you've seen like Lost World Generations, all that sort of stuff. Going back to Sonic 06 now, yeah, it, it's atrocious. But <laughs> that, that was the game that I bought for my Xbox 360, and I bought it purely on the trailer alone. Uh, I downloaded the demo, which I thought was fantastic. And to be honest... That stage, Kingdom Valley, is still really good, or at least three quarters of it are, apart from when it tries to make you play a silver, like for one part of it. But Kingdom Valley is good. The rest of it is a is a mess. <laughs> but it's got a special place for me. Um, my first 360 game, and the whole reason I threw that console in my boot on that day. There you go, mate. See, well seen in the, the comparisons with Sega consoles. It was Sonic that made you buy it. So. Absolutely, it was. It was. It was Sonic that made me buy the. It, it was the Sonic Adventure for the for the. I mean, it really is Sonic Adventure three because so much around its structure mirrors the Sonic Adventure games. It's just it's just really bad. I mean, and this is coming from someone that played Sonic Adventure last year and absolutely loved it still. Right. Sonic Adventure gets a lot of kind of retrospective hate as well, unfairly. Yeah, it doesn't it doesn't make sense Sonic. how much hate that gets. Nah, I love Sonic Adventure. I think there's always something special with that first level. Yeah. Just the the killer whale and the, the dolphins and the, the sun glare. Ah, it's just brilliant. Yeah, I mean, 
there's so much it's, it's better on almost every level even visually it's a lot more visually consistent than a adventure the loading times are better the bosses are decent the level design so much better the gameplay's the gameplay's really tight uh, i think the problem with sonic adventure is most people have played the the dx versions that mm. are on gamecube steam ps3 xbox 360 you know which are really bad ports but the dreamcast original is brilliant Bye. i've actually started a fresh save of it i'm just gonna i'm just dipping in like you know <laughs> now and then just going through it at my leisure yeah i have to um i have to play it on japanese though because that's how I got it back in the day. I know. I'm, I'm the same as well. Because I'm like, I never realised that the the PAL version, you could actually, I, it might be Sonic Adventure, was it Sonic Adventure International they called it or something like that, but you can actually go in and change the language. I'm not sure if you could change it to English in the, the Japanese version. I don't think you could. because no, you couldn't. Have the, no. they, they wouldn't have been able to do the dubbing at that time. So I always remember whenever Tails crashes and see Sonic going, Shogun, I want. <laughs> Yeah, it's so like when I when I watched you know him standing on top of the buildings going, oh yeah, this is happening. It's you know iconic for so many people, but for me it's great. Hotel <laughs> Canadian. That's right. Uh, see, you remember that? It's that, that uh, even after the, the plane crashes is about to get me. Oh, Shogun, I won. It's just the, the sheer disdain. I don't know what it was he was saying, though. So, oh, no, Tails, I don't know what have you done or something. But it's like he's just utter disdain in the, the tone of his voice. I oh, just watched his best mate have a massive plane crash. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, what are we going to do with you? Uh, we're going to do Oh, but yeah, that, that's my first one, mate. It's a milestone game for me just because it was the it was the game that made me get a 360 and it's infamously bad. Uh, but I loved it at the time. A little bit less now. I might, might, might play it for a Sega guy short. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> there you go. I'll leave you with that one, mate. Yeah. But um, what's the first one that you're going to go with, mate? What's the first so- standout Sega title on a 360? So I'm going straight in with a big hitter. And funnily enough, this is one that I actually had in my possession physically today because um, I'd picked it up for Sam weeks ago because he's building up a 360 collection. Um, and I was in, and anytime I'm in, if I see something, I'll message him and say, anything here that interests you. And a, a nice immaculate copy of this game was on the shelf for two quid. So he said, I'll, I'll have that. I really don't have that, and I need to have it. And it is Virtua Fighter 5. Um, uh, the, the vanilla version. So I so that was the vanilla version that I picked up. Obviously, what we're talking about is either VF5 or the, the brilliant final showdown, which I've still got on my Xbox account just now. And I can download it wherever. Obviously, it's backwards compatible, so you can play it on your Series S, your Series X, your 1S, 1X, whatever. Um Still a really bloody good looking game. Like even allowing for like Ultimate Showdown where they've kind of revamped it, but here we go. I prefer how Final Showdown looks. I just think there's something about the fact that it's it's the original, it's how it was meant to look, and it still isn't a bad it's not as if the ultimate showdown kind of made it look less ugly. It's still a beautiful looking game. But some of the stages, uh, the cage stage in the desert, like I just, it's the kind of rock formations in the background and then the, the kind of bamboo stick cage and the sand and it all deforms as you walk in it. The textures on like Akira's 
white gi, you know, have I said that? So that's a gi into the collar. Yeah. See, that's your, that's your Cobra Kai training, <laughs> see, watching that. Um, but you can see all the kind of textures and the material, everything about it. It's just beautiful, beautiful. I still prefer how Final Showdown looks. And I think, again, going back to that kind of Sega style link, it was like almost like VF5 was coming home because like 4 had been on like PS2. You know, and I've always yeah. felt it was a force should have been like the Dreamcast game that never was kind of thing. So this felt like someone was taking Virtua Fighter. Kind of, and obviously I know it came out on, I'm sure it came out in PS3 first, did it not? Virtua it Fighter 5. Aye. So this felt like it was kind of coming back sort of thing. But aye, just such a great version of the game. And just a, just a brilliant entry in the series as well. It is. Uh, it's a fantastic version of the game. Now, I mean, back when... Back when the Xbox was kind of fading out, when you know, but Halo Two had been and gone, mm-hmm. and I remember being in the shop and I was looking at it, it was like pre-order Xbox Three Hundred and Sixty, pre-order PlayStation Three, and I was like, I think I'm going to get a PlayStation Three because the PlayStation Three had Virtual Fighter confirmed, Virtual Fighter yep. Five being confirmed, and then obviously it was a bit further back, and then Sonic got delayed on it until you know 2007 <laughs> um and that's when i kind and that's when i kind of made the snap judgment right i'm getting i'm getting a 360 but in the back of my mind i was like i, I need to get virtual fighter and I really don't want to have to pick up a playstation 3 for whatever it was launched at 599 or whatever they launched out um so then we got virtual fighter 5 on the 360 and that that absolutely made one that and that is another game that i spent I didn't play online that much, although you know, in in the US, that version is actually called Virtual Fighter Five Online because, exactly. yeah, because the Xbox Three Hundred and Sixty version is based on the version C revision of the arcade board uh-huh. and has online play, whereas the PlayStation 4, PlayStation Three version was based on version B. So straight away, Xbox mm-hmm. had the superior version. But I didn't play online that much because, much as I love it, I'm not great at Virtual Fighter, but. Um, Quest mode. I spent uh, I spent months on <laughs> dressing up, dressing up my dressing up Jackie in the mo- most ludicrous costume. I remember I think he had some big gold chain on, had like this crocodile jacket that he was wearing, had a baseball cap and sunglasses, or it might have been a cowboy hat and got sunglasses, like big aviators on, these sparkling boots. It's just like he looks ridiculous. It's amazing. Rank, ranking match and promotion match and yeah. you know, f- first dan second dan all this kind of stuff yeah that's it well, and it was it wasn't like um you know it's a question it wasn't like you were an actual um you know doing a story mode or anything like that you were no. taking your character through arcades which was really cool you know ah, like that arcade. Right, you're going right. around playing people at arcade games it wasn't <clears> saying that this is a real this is a real tournament. This is just basically you going around a virtual arcade beating people, which I thought was really nice. And Aye. something something that Tekken Tekken five or Tekken six copied straight after. Oh, just goes back to what Max said that. Yeah. You know, Tekken just does what Virtual Fighter did before it. So yeah, still yeah. can't kind of believe we've got what Tekken eight coming and we're still yeah. no sign of a VF six at all. It's gotta be it's, anyway. Ultimate Showdown's been a cracking success. They've got to have the impetus on them now to give us a, a Virtua Fire 6, I think. I'd well, hope, no I skin. 
they spent seven hundred million in Rovio, you know. What I mean, it's like I've seen people saying they should have spent that money on a new console, and it's like, well, did you see how much money Rovio made yeah. last year? So they don't get a new console, but you know, since they own them, then the profits of them might come into Sega Sammy. So we might see some other stuff, hopefully. But VF six, mate, whatever system that comes to, it would probably come to everything the way things are with third parties now. But oh man, I just. I don't have a modern console, but if if VF6 came out, mate, I'd be right back in there for that. I'm hoping that the big ones are this year, aren't they? Street Fighter is in two months' time. Tekken 8 is end of this year, I think. Mm-hmm. You know, let them do their thing. And then once the big boys have gone down, because they are, regardless of what you and I think about Tekken, they are the two biggest fighting franchises uh, out there right now. They, they dominate evil, you know what I mean. So, you know, um, the Tekken. So once once they've been and gone, that should be the time to say, "Hey, there's a new Fighter Fire coming!" <laughs> like yo, <laughs> all twelve people in the room, yay! <laughs> I can't. You still got those? You still got those hundreds of people that played Fighter Fire Three TB in uh, in Japan? Aye, that's that, mate. Nice. I think a part of me that is why I love VF3 on the Dreamcast so much is because it's it's the only one that's never came out anywhere else in yeah. the home. And it's kinda I love the fact that it's got that little bit of Sega exclusiveness about it. It's just something the fact that it's never came out anywhere else. It's still quite kind of unique. Yeah. I, I give us VF six, come on. Absolutely, mate. So no, brilliant, brilliant choice, mate. Uh next one for me. Is one that uh, that you did mention that you didn't pick up, oh, I um, but me being a huge fan of it on the original Xbox, I had to pick up Outrun Online Arcade, and yeah, it was obviously uh, just an Xbox Live Arcade game. I think this one was one thousand six hundred Microsoft points. Remember those? <laughs> <laughs> so I think it was one of the more expensive ones, but. Um, it still looks absolutely stunning. Uh, I was playing it uh, last year for uh, for Sharka's challenge on there, That's and, right, and it's absolutely gorgeous. I mean, I know you can mod the PC version of Outrun Two Coast to Coast uh, and get that out display and that HD, and that, that looks great. But you know, I think that you can see that they haven't done too much, but it looks absolutely stunning in proper 1080p. You're just playing those Outrun 2SP courses because on Xbox I actually had uh, the original Outrun 2. I didn't get Coast to Coast on the original Xbox. And then on Xbox Live Arcade, I got the SP tracks via online arcade. I didn't get actually get Coast to Coast on the PS2 or anything else until later. So for me, it was kind of the perfect continuation from that. I mean, everything about that game, and what more can you say? Is top drawer. It looks gorgeous. Aye. The music is absolutely legendary. I think in some ways I prefer the... In fact, in some ways I prefer Outrun 2 to Outrun 1. I think that may be a controversial thing, but I think it's the... I think, you know, it's almost the perfect sequel. It looks stunning. The music's amazing. The gameplay is incredible. I mean, me and you Aye. were... During that challenge, we were talking about how deep the gameplay is and how nuanced the scoring system is, and it's incredibly, incredibly Aye. deep. It's an incredible game. So and it had a uh, online multiplayer backed it up, baked in, 
So it was at the time I was on the games TM forum and we'd organize you know, <laughs> tournaments. Yeah. Tournaments. And it's yeah, just fantastic. It's absolutely fantastic. Aye. The scoring system is really clever. You know, it's like different sizes of vehicles give you different points and for how close you pass or how cleanly you pass and like the rivals, if you get past them without touching them, you get X amount. If you touch them and get past them, you get a, a smaller amount. If you don't get past them in time, then yeah. you, know, you get nothing at all when it's like racking up chains and combos. I just it goes back to that whole thing that Sega seemed to build in an addictiveness to their games, whether it's time related or score attack. Like you look at we talked about nights before, like how many people just you know collect the orbs, go back after they've busted the the cage opening, get all their orbs, and then blow up the weekend or transport. I know it's got a name, right? It's just yeah. made. But you, you know, you you blow up the the weekend. The idea food. palace. That's that, mate. Thanks very much. By the way, I was struggling there. I'm trying. I'm waffling. We're trying to find it. That's that. And then they just go straight back. But you're meant to go over the top, eh? Yeah. The kind of the, the the zone, the kind of the gate, and then just go back round and build it up again to get higher scores. So it's some of it out one two. You can get fucking stupid scores like you seen in Sharkers Challenge some people were getting like, like I was third in that or something but the person ahead of me was way ahead this fucking stupid scores <laughs> it's like <laughs> linking together all these overtakes and different styles of them it's just it's mad but I, yeah. that, I, I'm gutted I never picked up online arcade because you know proper widescreen 1080p gleaming with the, not that the original Xbox game looks bad but it, that 360 version is just so pin sharp compared to it. It is. It is. It's absolutely gorgeous. And yeah, I just can't see these prices enough. I mean, the scoring is just, it just nails it down. It's, it, you know, it's, it's, you feel like the t- crazy taxi DNA in a lot of ways. You know, obviously they're probably <sighs> made by completely different teams, but they just feel <clears> such <throat> like crazy taxi at round two is just such a Sega game. Aye. Um, it's just, when you think, when you think Sega, you know, aside from Sonic, that's the sort of thing that you think of straight away. So, yeah, I I still have that. It's been on every Xbox 360. I've got it's on the Xbox 360, the Halo Reach one that I've got down now, and yeah, I'm, I'm always going to be playing it. Aye, great choice, mate. What's your next one then, mate? My next one is harking back to your intro. You know, um, <laughs> the the only home version of Daytona that finally surpassed the Saturn original in terms of gameplay, and I will die on that fucking hill. <laughs> I don't care. It's not um, controversial, mate. Um, Daytona USA. Again, very similar to what you were saying about uh, Outrun Online Arcade. The thing that strikes you most about Daytona on the 360 is even more so you play it on later consoles, but even on the 360, it's just how bloody sharp it is. It just it just cuts your eyeballs. It's just again, if you've you played the Saturn version, you know, and, and we love that version on here, you and I are big advocates for it. It captures the arcade handling spot on. Um but the, the 360 version is just it's widescreen 1080p looks absolutely glorious. Just Everything you could want from it, the, the ultimate arcade perfect version of it. Um, the handling on it is a lot lighter. It's a lot, I, again, I compare the handling of Daytona on 360 to Sega Rally 2 on Dreamcast. It's like they've just lifted 
the handling and dropped it in, but they haven't added any weight to it. So it's yeah. it feels a lot lighter under the thumb. Whereas the Saturn version, I felt as if they they put a heaviness into it that didn't drag it down, but it made you feel the the, the kind of the honk of the arcade machine yeah. was there. Whereas the 360 version is very light, but aye, you, you put a steering wheel combined with that, you know, I think is it um, maybe Carl Lavery or Videopolis on Twitter were talking about it previously saying you've got to get a wheel for it because mm. it comes into its own yeah, with, a, a wheel for it. with a wheel. And the 360 wheels aren't that expensive either. So um, aye, it's just it's such a good version. It's just, if you want the ultimate Daytona in the house, and I think you can, you can't buy it through the Series S and Series X anymore on the console, but I think you can still kind of back end it onto your Xbox account by going on the 360 web store. In some respect. Because last time I spoke to someone a while ago, they said that you could still back end it. You couldn't get it on the console, but you could somehow still get it on the web store and kind of add it on that way. But I don't know if it's, if it has, I know there was talk of it being delisted, but I don't know if it actually officially went through. Let's have a look. Oh, well, I'll click the link and it's just taking me to the Xbox homepage. Let's have a look. Sega of Classics. Um, come on, it's loading. Because I, I, I've got it as well and I absolutely love it. Um, I think it's another one that I bought. It just says install because obviously I, I own it already. Um, it's one that I bought as soon as it got announced. It was like, okay, perfect Daytona. At this stage, yeah, I played the Saturn version and that was still the best version to my main. Played CCE, not 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 good enough. Played um, the 2001 edition, not good enough. Um, got this, and yeah, that was, you know, you can't fault it, really. It's, it's an incredible pour. It's, uh, it's so good. I mean, my I can't remember why it was, but I came home one day, and um, my son, my oldest son, was um, just sitting in the room going, I was like, are you playing Daytona? He's like, yeah, it's brilliant. I was like, oh, I didn't even, didn't even like, never mentioned this game before. You know, that's that's how good it is. So, you know, it's just transcending generations and just how fantastic it is. And, you know, we've mentioned um, John Lenman already, and we know that he is a huge advocate for Daytona in general and specifically that port, uh, and rightly so. It's an incredible game. Aye, that's absolutely brilliant. And again, uh, hopefully if it hasn't been delisted, you should, you should definitely pick it up. If it has, then... You're in the same boat as I was when it came to <laughs> run online arcade. You're humped, sadly. Yeah, but yeah. it'd be nice to get a physical version of that, wouldn't it? Just imagine a nice wee 360 case with the detail yeah, on it. be nice. But, so, yeah, uh, I don't understand why it'd be delisted. I suppose maybe the Daytona licensing, the days of Daytona track. But that's, that would be all it is. But... Shame. Yeah, shame indeed. So... The next one on my list that I want to talk about is, again, I mentioned this a little bit earlier, but Fantasy Star Universe. A uh, mm. huge fan of Fantasy Star Online on the Dreamcast. Spent a lot of time on that. <laughs> Spent even more time when it came to the Xbox. Um, got my Xbox Live Gold and my £6.99 a month Hunter's Pass. I was looking for something recently, and it showed the Hunter's Pass up in my in my emails when I was playing it back in the day. Wow. Um, I think Fantasy Star Universe came out in 2007 and I stopped playing for it in 2011 uh, and I was playing it pretty I was playing it pretty regularly um 
I spent, I remember looking at my game time and I'm going in there. I was like, if I really spent over a thousand hours playing this, <laughs> it's yes. weird. Because, yeah, it's weird because, and, and that was just the, the multiplayer. It's weird because um, it got really lukewarm reviews. Um, in contrast to Fantasy Star Online, which got really good reviews. And I couldn't quite understand it. It had obviously had a single player campaign, which was, you know, it was okay. It was about 40 hours long RPG, action RPG, uh, perfectly fine. Um, and I enjoyed it. But uh, yeah, the online multiplayer I thought was fantastic. Felt, you know, the natural evolution of Fantasy Star Online. Things felt a lot more fluid. Everything looked like a little bit more logical, a little bit more complex in parts. I remember I was playing regularly with um, with a couple. So is a uh, a guy. They're both in, they're both American, and I I didn't know his name. I just knew his game tag, which is completely escapes me. I couldn't tell you what it is, but I'd, I'd always be on. He'd always message me, and he'd be playing. And I think he was in one room, and his wife was in another room playing a three sixty. <laughs> and I think his, his wife was called Mavis or Avis or something. It'd be like Avis, Avis. I'm just going to score call quick. Do you need anything? Because buddy, I'll be right back. And we go out, and we come back, and we go up to his wife and give her whatever he got from the store and come back down and then we carry on playing it was <laughs> but I, spent, I spent absolutely ages playing with him and it was you know it's, it's weird you build up these little friendships that you have online out of nowhere um, and then just one day you know I think it was more that I had I've met again I've met my now wife and I was um, and I didn't have the Xbox 360 as much when I was sitting around hers and then I cancelled the uh Cancelled the Hunter's license, and uh, that was the end of my Fantasy Star Online universe journey. Until, yeah, when when the Xbox One got announced, it was like, um, <laughs> what what backwards compatible game do you want? I was like, Sega Fantasy Star Universe, bring back Fantasy Star Universe. <laughs> it's never gonna happen. Oh man, yeah, I put a couple. Well, searching for you for weeks probably. Hey, it's worth swooper gone. <laughs> I need Swooper back. Where's he went? Yeah, it was, I wasn't even that high level in the end. I, I mean, I bought all the expansions for it. And everything. I think there was only one major expansion for it, but I bought loads of stuff on it. I spent like, loads of money on that game, and then yeah, I can't even can't even play it online now, which is oh. just frustrating. Um, Mate, everybody who followed that teamed up with them, they just paled in comparison. That was like, <laughs> you're not as you're not as good as Swooper. I was I wasn't great. I just enjoy, I just enjoy being on it. It's just. Um, <laughs> that that and Fantasy Star Online. Um, that's the thing. I've got I've got PSO two on the Xbox One, and I I keep neglecting it. But it's just one of those ones that I just you know I don't have the time for these days. It's just a you know MMOs are a massive <laughs> massive uh, commitment. I I mean you're talking about obviously like Xbox. I've got like Starfield coming out, and it's like I'm not even going to attempt to go near that game because it's like it's like your Skyrim's and stuff like that. I just I just don't have the hours to sink into that anymore. Yeah. You know, it's just like games like that that just consume you. You know, see if you've got the, the the time to throw into it, they're amazing. But it's like it was like a bit like the kind of like division two, again tangent here, but like I played division all the way from beta through I got the season pass. So I had like obviously the the underground DLC then what was it the the last stand and what was the other one? Oh, what was his name? When it was set in like a kind of like a snowy, it was like a kind of blizzard kind of area. Mm. Like everything was just 
what was really it was like there was like hunters that had they wore like um like kind of trinkets that they'd collected from dead division ages and stuff. It was really but I played the three the three um DLCs. It was always on with the same bunch of guys. Again, a couple of guys for for down south, boy Rob, again guy Rob for for Wales. He was like brilliant man, he used to bring back different bits of kit and he would like, <laughs> share them with people and like someone dropped a teal because like a teal light gun up was like a, a gear set item. It was like you know, you'd have like a striker's knee pads, but they wanted like a, a Predator's Mark holster, so you'd have like trade items and stuff. It was yeah. brilliant. But when Division 2 came out, obviously at that point, we're not long, I think, was it trying? It was mad. whenever I picked up. Whenever I picked up Division 2, but I kind of fell away from it. And like, I found when I tried to go back because I wasn't always going on and seeing what was new and what kind of being in that kind of group and, you know, people dropping bits and bobs that if you went away for even a couple of days, you would come back and feel quite kind of lost. Like, you'd missed out. People were streaking ahead of you, getting better gear, better equipment. So, I these kind of games, I think that you can't step away from them. They're, they're, they're such a commitment, you know, because yeah. they are like they're a community in themselves. So, yeah. I um, I was just a kind of slight comparison there that I just no, don't have true. don't have the time at all. To, they're amazing games, but I just I unfortunately no longer can do it. No, no. I mean, I've, I used to love World of Warcraft before before Fantasy Star Online, and yeah, just don't have to, I was playing Final Fantasy. 14 online with uh, with my best mate Charlie and um, yeah we had to stop that in the end because that requires £10 a month and I was like look I'm paying it £10 a month and most months I'm not even getting to play it so <laughs> Aye, exactly you know what I mean yeah so that's that's kind of the way the fantasy universe went in. but I'd, I'd love to get back into it but it's just a time I mean I started um, playing Grandia at the moment that's taken me forever to get through <laughs> I, I booted up um, Persona 5 obviously that's a Sega game uh, Atlas um, booted up on, on the PC I thought uh, I'll play this off and on you know while doing other stuff looked at how long to beat 100 hours to beat the main campaign I was like right I'll uninstall that because I'm not going <laughs> to go <laughs> that's not going to happen is it no. no but there we go right mate what's your next one my next one this is a cheat and I think it'll, I think if I bring this one up it might allow you to kind of just says we into it because um, it's a Sega published game but Platinum Games made it and it is the tech soldier skidding on his ass on a tea tray into battle guns blazing it's Vanquish what a game Tom of Team Dreamcast Junkyard his favourite non-Sega well, well post-Dreamcast Sega game wasn't it yep, yep it counts I... mate it counts we'll take it it, it feels very Sega you know, in terms of just again that kind of big bull visual style, but aye, it's just again, it's it's one of these kind of games that the story's great, kind of the the kind of gun mechanics. So I, I love the fact that much like Gears of War, like never you were firing these things, it felt meaty. Yeah, there was weight weight to the weapons, but again, just the, again the visual style, the fact that you had this where you could almost turn into. Obviously, you're no skating in your ass in a tea tray, but kind of that the, the kind of bio suit, the mech suit that your your character wore, that you could essentially become like a miniaturized one man rocket ship and just fly around <laughs> levels and you know traverse up terrain and stairs and 
ramps and stuff, and it was it had cover mechanics. Again, every game seemed to be kind of doing cover mechanics at that point. You know, that was a kind of the big thing after Gears of War was, well, let's put cover in there and you can peek around and all that kind of stuff. But aye, it's it's great fun. And again, bike was compatible, but has also since been remastered. So you can play it even better than ever. And if you haven't, you know, picked it up, you need to do it. It's, it's, it's great. Absolutely brilliant. I had a ton of fun with Vanquish. I only played it, was it last year or the year before? And I wanted to punch myself in the face. Why have I not played this game before? Aye. It is so good. I have, if people are a fan of third-person action games, Gears of War, Uncharted, it's just like that on steroids merged with Metal Gear Solid. Now, the, the, the visual style is very much like a mix of Metal Gear Solid 4. I there's a wee bit of um what was the what was the one that had riding in it? When he, yeah, it's, okay, sorry, two and four. So four is when he's he's completely it's the PS3 one with riding when he's like completely cyborg. Then I that's I, what I thought it looked like. But you got the you got the I, walking tanks with the with the weird legs. Yes, <laughs> kind of miniature metal gears into that are yeah. walking about. I but the thing I love about it as well, you get your kind of your initial kind of cut scene and that the kind of lead character's quite kind of cocky and arrogant yeah. kind of thing, but there's no filler. Like, your first stage, you run through the open doors, you've got your kind of big sidekick guy, the big kind of... It, who, looking back, the big bulky guy in the Mandalorian yeah. kind of reminds me of him. <laughs> he's got a big chain gun and he's lumbering away and then you just run up these stairs and then, like, you're not even 30 seconds into the first level and you're straight in it. It's like, and it's not even as if it's like, you know, it's not tame. You're getting right into the kind of the gunfight straight away. So, aye, it's, it just throws you right in. There's just, there's no, you know, holding your hand to start with. This is, yeah. You know, press this to do that. It's just a case of, no, that's that straight into the, into the fight. Yeah. And yeah, the story is absolutely bonkers. That's why I said Metal Gear as well, because the story is absolutely balmy, especially when it gets to the end and it's all double crosses and triple crosses and, Big go global government conspiracy and betrayals a, and everything. You just need a codex scene where a general talking <laughs> gibberish <laughs> sort of missing. But yeah, uh, fantastic choice, mate. And yeah, seg straight into another choice of mine, which in the same HD remastered collection, also made by Platinum Games and published by Sega, is uh, Bayonetta. Um, definitely one of my favorite games that generation. And just criminal that it didn't do as well. Um, more so than Vanquish, I think this feels more like a, a Sega game just because of the little touches in there. I don't know how much Sega were involved in it um, or whether it was... Um, uh, what's his name? He's a, he's a bit of an a bit of an arse on Twitter, the the, the producer, isn't it? Is it oh, Hideki, Hideki Kamiya? I don't speak English to me, you maggots. I will block you. <laughs> that guy... Yeah, he's crazy, but um, makes up some pretty game job. Yeah, it makes it makes a great game, but he's (laughs) yeah, because didn't didn't going back to Vanquish, didn't wasn't that Shinji Mikami? Might well have been, I can't remember off the top of my head. I think it might have been no pre Tango Gameworks, but yeah, um, Bayonetta is fantastic, and yeah, it's, it's, it's things like the little touches, like the uh. You've got when you fight enemies, they drop halos, which look like Sonic's rings. When you um, when you do some of the stages, like you've got 
uh, kind of an afterburner stage that has the afterburner music playing. You've got a Space Harrier stage where she's going wrong and she, it really is just Space Harrier with Bayonetta on the front. He's got the music and everything. And even when you're fighting the other witch towards the end of the game, they're fighting each other. And she keeps using these moves going, disappear. And they're all just lines that they're shouting at each other, which are straight out of the Sonic and Silver fight in Sonic Adventure 2. And it's right. all these tiny little Easter eggs which make it really Sega. And it is just a full-on Sega game. And yeah, the the gameplay is fantastic. You know, full 60 frames per second, so responsive, like a rarity for that generation. It plays like an absolute dream. You know, it's got everything, challenge, exploration. The story is hard to follow, a bit bit throwaway. It's a bit mad. Um, you know, I think it tries to be a bit like a little bit irreverent, irreverent, like Vanquish, but doesn't quite pull it off. It just comes off as a bit goofy and a bit throwaway, but it's still just loads of fun. Love the caricatures, like the Joe Pesci gangster style character that's in there. <laughs> but uh, yeah, absolutely outstanding game, mate. One of my favorite games of that entire generation. Just absolutely love its bits. Bought the second one. Haven't bought the third one yet because I've heard mixed things, but neither of them are Sega games, even though Sega's name sticks on the box because they actually own the IP. Well, I'm I'm going to say something blasphemous here. I have never played Bayonetta. <laughs> but I've just checked on, look, where's it? CX. And the shop in the city centre has two. So... <laughs> It's four quid, so four quid. I think I owe it, mate, to you go and it, pick mate. up a copy for you four it, quid. Mate. It's fantastic, you know. Though it's it's so goofy and so silly. Um, she's a great, she's a great character as well. You know, mm. it's the way that she's just such a badass, fighting angels and devils at the same time, and she goes to hell to get her guns. And you've got this great big, great big bald guy. Who goes, don't miss these up this time. <laughs> so you got the little gangster with the fedora and the glasses going forget about it oh, <laughs> it's, it's 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 outstanding mate so yeah definitely grab a copy of it it's it's absolutely superb aye as I say four quid mate you know four quid it has to be I'll, done I'll forgo my Tesco mule deal in the office tomorrow <laughs> to, to pay for being here <laughs> I'll, just, I'll tell the missus I spent the four quid on my lunch. I'll just go hungry and buy. I'm hungry for Bayonetta. Uh, <laughs> you know, what you have for lunch today? Bayonetta. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds like Bayonetta, doesn't it? Aye. It's like a sandwich shop, isn't it? Lovely baguettes in there. <laughs> my, my, my wife, um, it's quite funny. When I first met my wife, I was, um, I was playing this. And... Uh, <laughs> And I was posting bits on um of it on Facebook, and she's like, I'm, "I think you, I think you're obsessed with this bayonetta woman more than me." <laughs> <laughs> and there we go. There we go. She, she still mentions it now. Like, um, if I'm if I'm playing bayonetta, she goes, "This is this is the one, is it that you were talking about more than me on Facebook when we first got together?" <laughs> <laughs> oh no, man! <laughs> oh, oh dear. dear. Uh, what's next for you, mate? Next on my list is another um, Dreamcast follow-up, keeping in kind of line with that whole thing about being the, the next kind of Sega-style console. It's uh, Virtua Tennis 3. Yes, fantastic entry to the series. Aye. Um, I've actually got that upstairs on disc. It's one of the very, very rare um, physical games that I've got. 
Um, but I just, again, taking everything about the first two games, building on them, and obviously, you know, just, again, your full white screen, pin-sharp graphics, just notching up that kind of realism a wee bit as well, but I just, not much else to really say. It's a, it's a tennis game. And we all know, you know, we we all know how good virtual tennis one and two were, but um, three doesn't really get spoken about. It's, it's kind yeah. of almost forgotten. And then I know there's been ones that have came since that have kind of like faded into obscurity. But um, I think it's it's more than worth ever mentioned. It's, it's it's a brilliant entry in the series. Yeah, I agree. It's actually my second favorite behind the original virtual tennis. Aye. It's uh, it looks. Fantastic! I think it, I think it plays as well as the first game, uh, maybe even a little bit better. I wasn't a fan of, you know, in the second game when they changed the, they changed the lob to a to kind of a lob slash slice button. That's right. Aye. And a lot of people said that was a, that was a, that made it better. And I, I didn't joke. I must have played the original so much that when I got to that, and I was like, no, too different, not for me. And I think. Do you, know, do you know what I hated about virtual tennis too? Here you go. Pat Rafter and these fucking aces. <laughs> <laughs> big Australian bam pop, man. He's just a big giant with a yellow t-shirt. It's good. <laughs> like, cheers, Pat. <laughs> oh, oh, but funny enough, when I was at OOL on the weekend, and when I took my son, um, obviously we're going through playing all the consoles around, so we're going on another tangent here. We're playing all the consoles that were out and obviously they had a Dreamcast and next to the Dreamcast was a big CD wallet with loads of CDRs in, which, you know, right. we spoke about CDRs and what they'll do to the laser in the past, but, you know, this one was, you know, <laughs> open to the public, so probably getting getting bashed up anyway. Um, but yeah, we played, so I was going through, I was like, what do you want to play? It's like virtual tennis and, you know, part of me is thinking, oh, I've got that at home, but, whatever <laughs> and it's enough one that he was like you know i was teaching him how to play it and uh you know i, I don't let him win he um but, uh, <laughs> so i was i bashed him in the first game and i was like should we play something else he's like no we keep playing this so we played about four or five games of virtual tennis mm-hmm. um to just again just another example of a game that holds up but i thought you know virtual tennis 2 changed things a bit too much before virtual tennis 3 brought it back to that same gameplay core while expanding everything else. You know, I think there was more more uh, tennis players in there. And, uh, the roster was a lot bigger. Yeah, and then you, the World Tour mode was was bigger than both the games. It was fantastic World Tour mode. The mini games in it were, were absolutely brilliant. And yeah, it was just a, it's just another quintessential Sega game, you know, with everything in there. This fun, you know, arcade game. It's simple, simple to get into, just still the two buttons. Um, and goofy. Uh, I used to play it a lot. Used to like play it a lot with my ex. Um, and used to <laughs> do doubles and get out too. What was it? Was it King and Queen that you play at the end? That's right. I and uh, they used to beast me every time. <laughs> but uh, yeah, br- brilliant, brilliant game. Just uh, just on every level, just the world tour mode, the multiplayer, just ticks every single box. Aye, more than what then doesn't get mentioned enough, as I said. It's weird, because um, yeah, I think after that they did Virtual Tennis Four came out. It wasn't it wasn't straight after because Virtual Tennis Four came out and that's had that had support through the Wii remote because came out on the Wii and it had support oh, for the for the Move on the PS3. Fuck, I remember that. God, um, and I think it had support for Connect as well to some extent. So it was trying <laughs> to do everything, um, 
and that's that's a very different sort of game. And it seems to lean more into like the sort of sim area. And then you had Virtual Tennis 2009, which I think came in between the two, which was kind of just playing it too safe. So I think it was a case of where else does the series go after that? Aye. Freeza kind of last real entry, it feels like. Yeah, I think so. Aye. It's like Virtual Fighter. We could do with another one. I think it's been long enough now. Aye. Here is the new Virtual Tennis. Just cut a, cut a line in the sand. Just call it Virtual Tennis. Just yeah. reboot it. Just... Start start for scratch. Yeah. Yeah. Well overdue, mate. Well overdue. Definitely. Then we're on to our last ones now, aren't we? We are indeed. So, you know, I was talking just now about, you know, games that we've enjoyed together. This one that I'm mentioning now, I started with Sonic 06. <laughs> I'm ending my significant Xbox 360 Sega games with... Sonic and Sega All-Stars Racing Transformed. Absolute mouthful. But my God, what a game. Um, Absolutely brilliant. It's, for me, it is the best kart racer, only beaten by Mario Kart 8. I don't think anything else beats it. And, and, you know, probably a lot of Nintendo fans, listening, maybe a lot of Sega fans even saying, are you crazy? I don't think that... The thing with Sonic and Sega All-Stars Racing Transformed is is it's not as approachable as the Mario Kart series, but it's so deep. There's so much to it. Um, but even then, we played loads of it as a family. So this was just when I think my son initially bought this with his birthday money, uh, came back from from Smith's Toy Store with <laughs> it. And I was like, oh, okay. And we played we played the hell out of it, me, him, and my wife. Um, when my daughter, oldest daughter, got old, old enough, uh, she played it with us. I ended up buying the Wii U version as well because you can play four players split screen and then one on the gamepad. Although my uh, my youngest wasn't as much of a fan then, but again, it just does it does everything. It's it plays really well. There's so much to it. The transform section works superbly. You know the way that the the games morph, the way that the you know your ship transforms, hence the title. Yeah. Um, just works really well in the way that the stages work. Um, I remember playing the Panzer Dragoon stage and just being absolutely blown away. You know, first of all, you know, you start and it's like do 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 and I'm just like, oh my god, it's the Panzer Dragoon scene. And then the whole, you know, it's the remix. Like Richard Jakes does the music for it, doesn't he? Which is all remixes of classic songs, and he does a superb remix of Flight for the first track, where obviously it's been jazzed up to make it go with a racing car, but it still has the same motifs and it's Aye. and going through and then, you know, as you go <clears> through <throat> that last lap and then the, the whole track breaks away and then you turn into a, the dragon flies overhead and I was just thinking, this is incredible, but it's just the first track. <laughs> <laughs> it's all the wee Easter eggs like that though. You know, like the fact that like Ristar's on the oh, yeah, yeah. he's the flag man sitting up there Counting in and all that was checker flag and stuff and what can I there was I remember when I played that and Ralph from Wreck It Ralph's one of the, yeah. the I remember when I was playing that and I clocked him. I actually remember catching myself going, oh, that's Ralph. It was like <laughs> you're like a, a pure big kid. It's like just obviously the fact that like Sonic had been in 
the, the Wreck It Ralph movies as a kind of yeah. a character in the kind of the main foyer where all the kind of doors for the, they go to their respective games. So to bring him into the, into the Sega games as well was absolutely brilliant. I just the the level design, the sound, the the kind of wee Easter eggs, everything is just it's absolutely brilliant. That's I've still got it installed in my three sixty upstairs. Yeah, it's 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 phenomenal. Um, the characters, I mean, it, it really makes you work to unlock all the characters. I've I've never done it because uh, it's a it's a tough game. It's not like like Mario Kart. I can beat on one fifty cc fairly fairly easy, but this you really need to get. There's so much skill required. You know the way that the various and it's it's kind of like again I'm talking about Crazy Taxi again, but mm-hmm. the way that you have to string the actual moves together. You know, you have to time your your stunts to get that boost. It's all about building up that boost. And again, and I'm not I'm not bashing Mario Kart. The reason why it's so successful is because it gets the basics so right, so approachable. People can just pick it up and play it. Whereas Sonic Transforms, if it's got one floor, it loses that. But to me, that's what makes it so special and important is the fact that yes, you've got Mario Kart, which is king with the casual audience who can just pick up and play it. But then on the other side, you've got this kart racer from Sonic where the the amount of depth and skill required is massive. And you can still get people to pick it up and play it at a level. But when you get to, you know, you've got the three stars, you've got easy, normal and hard, and you do it on um, easy and you can get to the end. And then you start doing it on two stars, it gets so much more difficult. <laughs> and that's when you need, I think you need two or three stars to get like Gilius Thunderhead, who's one of the last, one of the last characters. And it's just so tough. But yeah, just, just thinking in my head, like, you know, the Jet Set Radio track when you're going around <laughs> and <laughs> trying to go through that. I think it's like a, I think in the, ga- in the campaign, it's kind of, you have to go through like the, the tape, or like the going between the two barriers or whatever. It's, yeah, just brilliant, brilliant, brilliant game. Just right. works on every single level. Right, so much eye candy in it as well. Runs beautifully, you know. Yeah. Butter smooth. Again, something that wasn't really common. That generation, yeah. there was sacrifices made in a lot of places, but aye, no, brilliant game. I think it still runs at thirty frames per second, but it's it's a really you know really good aye. frames per second. Like it must be per frame timing, whatever it is. I mean, I've got it on the PC as well, <laughs> so only three times. <laughs> <laughs> PC PC to play at sixty Xbox three sixty original. Well, that's my son's and uh, Wii U for the five player. <laughs> as you say, is. There's, there's just something about obviously the frame pace, or the, the frame rate just keeps up, and uh, it's something that's been brought up recently as well. Like, was it was it John Lennon that said something? Asked yeah, him on Twitter, like he can handle 30 FPS. Obviously, he prefers it to be higher, but if 30 FPS is locked and that frame pacing is persistent, yeah, then like like Forza Horizon Five and 30 is just butter smooth. Yeah. Obviously, sixty is lovely, but that 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 thirty option is still very nice. If that's what you 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 know, if that's your your ceiling, it's it still runs great. So, aye, it's really really good performance on transformed racing. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna have to bash to bring that out now. We play a little bit of it. <laughs> and your final game, mate. Well, I'm also finishing off on Sonic, and now I've got a feeling you've probably played more of of this than I have um, and I know it's it's kind of lambasted obviously it's now backwards compatible and it's had 
you know, um, FPS boost patches and whatnot on the, the series consoles, and it maybe brings it more to life now. But obviously, Sonic Generations, it's probably one of my, my favourite Sonic games. I've, I've never played Sonic 06, but on, on the 360, again, I've got it installed on my hard drive upstairs. It's just bloody great. It's just, it reminds me a bit of, like, visual style-wise, kind of looking at it now, like the Sonic the Hedgehog 4, episodes 1 and 2 that came out yeah. on mobile, they kind of hark back to that sort of visual style a wee bit. But the fact it kind of changes beside, you know, you've got it's on rails, but isn't it? Doesn't feel like it takes too much of the control away yeah. from you. It just gives you enough. You get your kind of your side on view, your classic Sonic view, but it's kind of drawn out a wee bit more, so you see more of the stage. And then obviously you hit kind of like your your speed ramps and things. And then the camera swoops around, and you're you know jumping for for rail to rail, and it's all over the place. And it's just I know the frame rate is all over the place on the three sixty version, but. I still think because of how bloody good it looked, it was it was great bloody fun to play. Yeah, it really was, mate. Um, have I played more than you? Uh, I actually bought this on on PC, so this came out 2011, wasn't it? Because it was for the 20 year anniversary. Um, so at that time, I was stepping away from consoles. At the time, obviously, I just moved in with my with my now wife, and yeah, I I, I wasn't playing consoles as much. And I bought this in uh, for Steam. Uh, my Steam count was, I think, sixty hours in this game. <laughs> so yeah, maybe played it a little bit. Um, still, still, <laughs> I'm actually playing through it again at the moment on Xbox 360. In between other things, so it's just it's just one of those games where you can kind of just load it up on Xbox Xbox Series X, quick resume it or whatever. Um, load it up and just play through a level. The levels are nice and they're not they're not over long. It's like I was playing Sonic 06 just now. I was playing. There's a level where you have to carry the princess through a desert stage, and it, it took five minutes. It's like it's way too long. But Sonic That's 06, Sonic stage, <laughs> the Sonic Generations, you can get through them in like a, a couple of minutes, and it's you know it's it's kind of like transformed. There's so many brilliant Easter eggs in there, and obviously it's a celebration, isn't it? Aye. I, I do think that the gameplay is a little bit janky these days. Um, not just down to the frame rate, but just mainly down to how classic Sonic plays, because ah. it doesn't play like um like a 2D so but it's still one of the best best 3D Sonic games ever. Um, especially when it's running at full pelt. It's uh it's an absolute spectacle. I I mean whenever I had like my, my Series X, I had it on there and it was eye-opening. I was like, whoa, Jesus, like to see it yeah. fully upgraded. It's like, oh, this is this was the vision for it. <laughs> you know, like, okay. <laughs> That's what you were aiming for all those years ago. <laughs> yeah, because it was like X enhanced, I think. And then they did yeah. the FPS boost after. So it's like I'm pretty sure it's 4K and 60 FPS, and it looks Aye, absolutely phenomenal. Mental. So, um, but yeah, the the stage design is fantastic as well. Um, and though you mentioned that you know you don't feel on rails, and it really is one of the few 3D Sonic games where you do have you know the higher, upper, and lower paths are all really fleshed out. Whereas a lot of them, I was playing Forces recently, and that's that's a shadow of Generations, unfortunately. But the, the stage design in that really leaves a lot to be desired. Whereas Forces got it absolutely spot on. Aye. No, I had great fun with it. I still, even though, as I say, the frame rate's 
I don't have any other means to play it just now, but I'll still stick it on. It's just it's it's on there. I think I've got I think probably get more Sega games than anything else. I've got the Gears of War trilogy, and then I've just got like Final Fight, Double Impact, Vanquish, Transformed Racing, Sonic Generations, Crazy Taxi, VF Five, Fighting Vipers, Sonic One and Two. <laughs> it's just mainly obviously Daytona. That's one there as well. Yeah. Sonic. I never bought Sonic Fighters. I think you still buy that. You can still that. buy it. It's like three quid. <laughs> I, I'll need to get that as well and add that one there. That's that's on the uh, live arcade show. But that's it, mate. I mean, it's 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 a very much a Sega console. I mean, if you're not playing Sega games on the Xbox 360, what are you playing? And the only other <laughs> the only other valid answer the only other valid answer is the Transformers games. Oh man, War for Cybertron. <laughs> Those games are so honestly, man, <laughs> they're so good. I remember. The first time I got that right, and I transformed, and it made the, I I, I don't remember my wife looking at me like, "What is wrong with you?" It's like <laughs> just press the button. I'm just this is fucking brilliant. Yeah. It's so much quicker than when you were a kid. It's like, know. It was, oh, oh, they're outstanding. Yeah, there's the two brilliant. War for Cybertron, Fall of Cybertron, and is it Fall of Cybertron? Yeah, what what the Dinobots? I I what I've. Um, I worked for Cybertron for Cybertron was first and then for the Cybertron the, the sequel yeah. like oh what a fucking great games <laughs> honestly yeah they're so good they're so good Devastation as well so yeah Sega Games and Transformers I mean what more do we <laughs> what <laughs> more listen to us? <laughs> what more do you need <laughs> just the Transformers games Prime <laughs> get out there and buy them now <laughs> Let's have a look at CX and see how much they're going for. <laughs> Bear with me. You buy every Sega game you touch, Megatron. That's because Sega games fuel my hunger. My hunger for Sega. <laughs> I'm going to end your hunger once and for all. If you want war for Cybertron, it'll cost you 20 pounds. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> if you want Fall of Cybertron, it'll be 22. <laughs> oh, that's, that's frustrating because you can't buy them online anymore. No, saying that, War for Cybertron, oh, well, there's one at my local CEX. And uh, there's, there's two in Sterling for. Um, for fall of Cybertrons, that's a wee bit of a joint, but <laughs> you know, I've paid the one ninety five postage for that one, mate. But I, they're, they're just they're just going to keep going up. I know. I think last time I checked them a while ago, they were like twelve, fourteen quid. So they're they're creeping up. Yeah, I got War for Cybertron. I think you because I, I sent you the picture of it saying I got it for a, a, like around about a tenner or something, including aye, postage. Aye. And uh, the only message I got back from you was that is a fantastic game. <laughs> Play it right now. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I need to go back to it actually. I've, I've got fully, uh, fully on board with Devastation on the Xbox One for playing it on the uh, Series X. I mean, that's like that's like playing a cartoon. That one. I, I just looks insane, mate. Honestly, that is uh, that's just every eighties kids' dream, man. You're controlling a cartoon, a G one cartoon, just. And, and to bring it full circle, it's a Platinum Games game. <laughs> well, there we go. <laughs> so it plays exactly like Bayonetta but uh, mate it's been um, 
it's been an absolute laugh going through the Xbox 360 era. Obviously, a console really close to both of our hearts. Uh, yep. Absolutely fantastic machine. And as we've said, just absolutely chock full of Sega goodness. Yep. Aye. Brilliant console, mate. As we said, top tier. Definitely in my top three. Whether it sits at two or three, I don't know. It's kind of, it's vying with Dreamcast for that spot behind Saturn, but there's just as I've said before at the start, there's just we were the core demographic for it, and it just felt so laser focused on <clears throat> pardon me what what we wanted from a games machine at that time. So, um, <clears throat> obviously, there's <clears throat> geez, oh, frogging my throat towards the end of the show, um, talking that much, but I, I know there's different kind of revisions of the hardware now. You can get you can get the, the 360 Slim and the 360E, which is almost like kind of the ultra reliable uh, version of the console, but. I've still got the Elite that I inherited from whenever we bought this house. I've told the story before. The guy had a, a man cave at the back and he said whatever was in there you can keep and, and uh, one of the units was a 360 Elite. So I've opened it up and cleaned it all out. It was a bit dusty inside, but so far it seems to be kind of working. I don't want to kind of push it. I'm thinking about maybe opening it up and redoing the thermal paste, but then I'm like, am I going to annoy something? Am I going to maybe... Yeah. Am I just best to just let it? It's worked this long, just don't touch it. <laughs> people saying replace the paste and do this and do that, but I mean, just let it be. It's, it's working fine. So, um, I do love that OG design, that kind of concave, that breathing in look to it. It's just the hard drive sitting on the top, just it's so, so iconic. Um, so I, that's, that's what I've got. And as long as it works, I'll continue to have that. Yeah. You know, I agree. Um, my son keeps saying to me, have we still got my original Xbox 360, the re- Xbox 360 that he had? Because I had I had the 20 gigabyte model, then I upgraded it to the 60 gigabyte model because they went on sale in Sainsbury's for like 24 hours for a Black Friday thing. So I bought that, <laughs> sold, my 20, sold my 20 gig model to a friend and that ROD'd on him. Oops. Um then I upgraded the hard drive again to 120 gigabyte, just the same Xbox, and that started RRODing. And then when we were just three days before we were due to move house, someone broke in and stole nothing else. Like literally, we had we because we were buying a new build and we had cash on the side. We had six thousand pound in cash to pay for our carpet in and flooring. I had my oh. work laptop there. I had her laptop there. They took nothing but this Xbox 360, 60 gigabyte, which had a 120 gigabyte hard drive. Nothing else. Um, so we were lucky in a way. So then I replaced that with a, with an S, a black S, um, which I still got in the living room, actually. You know, I was talking about the DVDs earlier. Uh. <laughs> I'm going right off piece here. <laughs> so, so anyway, we, were, we wanted to watch Seven, as I already said. When we put the DVD in the Series X, because it's a DVD, the Series X like crops it. Well, it doesn't crop it, but it puts in this really small window because it only displays at a native resolution. Oh, so it's like a tiny little. So it's like, well, what are we going to do? We haven't got another DVD player. Like, yes, we have. Under under the under the under the um, <laughs> unit is the Xbox 360 that came on. And that started playing. <laughs> <laughs> That yeah, I've got two hooked up. I've got the one in the living room that's got the connect in, and then I've got my my pride and joy, which is my Halo Reach edition down here, which um I, I, you know it's me trying to fudge too many consoles into the room, but it's right next to my knee, 
and sometimes I'd be on a Zoom call talking about work and then um, my knee will knit. It's like one of these, it's like the touch. Um, I have to look, but I, so I knee down and the knee will touch and go, and it's halo sound. So it's like, Ooh, like the field recharge. <laughs> and then it comes out the speakers behind the TV. So like I'm trying to talk to someone on a Zoom meeting and all of a sudden my knee will touch it and go and then there's me trying to turn it off <laughs> while the speakers go <laughs> See, that's the thing with these special edition consoles, right? <clears throat> Excuse me. I had the, the Gears 5 like Xbox One X, right? Yeah. And gorgeous machine, right, with the, the cracked dice effect and all that, but Somebody on Twitter ruined it for me whenever they... Obviously, you, you turn it on and it does all the kind of Gears of War sound effects, but when you turn it off, it made like a, like a crashing, like a sound of like ice kind of breaking thing. And somebody said it sounds like you're flushing a toilet. <laughs> and it fucked it for me. It just literally ruined it. Every time I turned it off... <laughs> I said, I missed us, please. <laughs> it's like... Oh, it's like... um. No, I was saying my my daughter, um, she's got no room in her bedroom at the moment, so I had to get the great big chunky Xbox free Xbox One VCR and sell that, uh, and I bought another Xbox One S, and I had to return that because it was a mess. Um, <laughs> but someone was selling on locally the Minecraft edition for sixty pound, and that's Whoa. that's that's a lovely little machine. You press that and it gets all the Minecraft sounds. Yeah, it's like it's half the price of what they sell it for. In see, in fact, less than half the price. So yeah. it's not, it had a bit of a result of it in the end. But yeah, these special edition consoles. <laughs> Brilliant. Brilliant. Yeah, but I think I think that brings us to the end, mate. But yeah, it's been been a riot talking about the Xbox 360. We could maybe do another ten, another another. I mean, Sega's output on the 360 was so high. I could do a few more of these. So, listeners, viewers, if you enjoyed listening to us talk about Xbox 360 Days, our favorite 360 games, let us know. Give us a shout on Twitter. You know, speak to us in the comments below. You know, what were your favorite 360 games that came from Sega? Would you like to see more Sega guys, Sega Xbox 360 content? Please let us know. You can catch me at swoop underscore d you can catch james at the sagaholic you can catch the account at sega guys until next time we will see you on the sega side Here you go.